Ah, welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. Our goal is to help you help yourself live a life worth living and inviting joy into your life. Hi, I'm Jim Ellermeyer. As always, I'm a behavioral health therapist, and I was really looking forward to this evening's podcast. As for the fourth time, we've invited Santina Grace back to our presence. Welcome, Santina. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you. For those of you who haven't listened to previous podcasts, and shame on you, (laughs) uh, could you give a little brief uh, recap of what we've what you are, what you've talked, what we've talked about, and then we'll proceed. Sure. I'll try to make it as brief and succinct as possible. So I am a psychic medium. Um, I do classes in this area, been born this way, um, really have just during childhood kind of shut things down, wanted to be normal, um, and then pushed it back to adulthood, really in adulthood embraced a community of people who also had intuitive abilities was able to kind of connect with that, learn how to hone my own skills in that space. And so just through kind of learning to adapt in my life and then also learning from others and having community and going to places like a spiritualist church and Lilydale and all these fun places um, full of community and some bookstores in Pittsburgh that no longer exist, just really found my way um, and, and learned how to kind of really put into good use some of the things that I came into this lifetime that were innate to, to who I am as a person. And so over the years, I think we've talked about things from like childhood, um, psychic abilities. We've talked about um, angelic connection. We've talked about, I think, some reincarnation stuff. We've gotten in all over <laughs> the place when it comes to, the, to these spiritual and um, metaphysical type topics. So, Well, I know the last, uh, our last conversation centered around collective memory, collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. And we particularly had a, I think, a fascinating conversation on the illusion of separateness. Oh, yes, that's right. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. You're a, you're a very well-spoken young lady Thank on you. all these uh, particular subjects. So when do you think people began to get disconnected from the earth, the earth energy, uh in the past, in long time past, people spent much time doing spiritual activities, connections, uh, all types of modalities that they used. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was recently watching a documentary about Y2K. And if you remember that, we all thought the world was going to end, you know, when when the year 2000 hit and all the computers that ran the world were going to just shut us all down. And it was really interesting to hear the sentimentality of the people at that time frame, because it was a really interesting juxtaposition of today times. And, and if you think about how we were in COVID, we all isolated, we all went within, we all stayed in our homes. We, you know, and, and during Y2K, there were people that there were some that isolated, but there was a good bit of people who were worried about the community and everyone having power, and everyone having water, and looking out for their neighbors. And I watched this documentary, documentary, and I just thought, oh my gosh, have we changed? I really want, I was kind of nostalgic for 
that sense of, of community. So to be honest with you, I think the answer to that is I think our screens, our little mobile devices, our computers that we sit in front of every day, that takes us away from nature. It takes us away from connectedness. It's the illusion of connectedness. And I think we talked about that a little bit with social media and this feeling of being a part of a community that's virtual, but it's, it's like, it's there, but it's not there. You know what I mean? It's not real. It's not something that you can touch. It's not something that you can fully, um, I feel like fully connect with. And, and so that's why I think these things like forest bathing are becoming more of a, of something that people are looking for because they need to detoxify their whole kind of energy system from constantly running all these electronic devices and being in front of these screens and having this blue light and they sell glasses now to protect your eyes from that. When it's like, take a moment, go outside, look at trees, look at the sky. I mean, this is the environment that we were built and created to live in is the earth. And I think we've stopped thinking of ourselves as caregivers of, of a sacred space and, and started to kind of, in a sense, try to create sacred space within these environments. And, and this whole AI th situation that's going on now is really kind of scary for me. <laughs> I mean, I know it's exciting to some, but I just also feel like, I don't know. I, I think I want to focus on real reality, not virtual. That uh, is ironic because a few podcasts ago, uh, the producer of this program, and I, Mr. Mike, we discussed the concept of filtered reality, mm -hmm. which is social media. Yeah. And when I think of all the ancient uh, peoples and the ceremonies and that they went through, to, and mainly they were about spirituality, trying to connect with nature, or their, or their ancestors, mm -hmm. or what they considered gods. Right. And I think that so much of why we have stress, why we have anxiety is because we've lost that connection and we've lost, there's also this fast paced world now. And I'm, you know, I have to work and make a living. So I'm part of that fast paced world, but I also recognize when I'm becoming too caught up in that fast paced world where I have to take like a reality check of, huh, when was the last time I went to the woods? When was the last time that I just took a drum and went out and just slowed down a little bit, like had a little drumming session with myself or anything like that, or just checked in on, on somebody that I find myself doing more. So especially the winter months, I'm not a big winter person and cold weather person. So I'm finding this winter, I'm making more of an effort because I don't really want to be outside as much with the weather. I'm trying to make connections with people when I'm not having to do like my day to day obligations of what I do for a living, you know? Well, there's, I, you know what, I do, I'm a behavioral health therapist, and there's so many people come to me and they start to present their issues to me, mm -hmm. and then I'll say, what you're telling me is you've lost your joy. Yeah. And some of the people tell me, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, and that makes me sad, because I just feel like, I don't know, life's for living, life's for laughter. I think the whole reason why we're here is to connect with each other to learn from each other. This is the school of life. We're here to learn. We're, we're here to learn from our own mistakes. We're here to learn from each other. We're here to learn from the connections that we have from each other. We're here to learn from the disconnection that sometimes we have from each other, you know? Well, what I try to help people differentiate is the distinction between pleasure and joy. Yeah. And I liken this, when people 
a person loves potato chips. And as long as they're eating the potato chips, they feel pleasure. Right. And But that needs sustained. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joy in itself is an organic feeling. It it doesn't need sustained. Let's say my granddaughter, whom I love dearly, mm-hmm. uh, all my grandchildren. And uh, do I need to for her to be in front of me? Mm-hmm. For me to feel the joy of the love I have for her? Yeah. No, I don't. You don't, yeah. But at the same time, it's great to have a hug, you know, because that's one thing that I say is distinctive when we're in this physical reality, which I feel this is what scares me about technology and the separation of all of us. Because me, somebody who I, I interact with people in the world of spirit an awful lot, and I have said this in other podcasts where I look at myself as an operator and I'm simply connecting, you know, two people so that they can still communicate. And it's interesting to me because it's like when we have each other in physical form, we're meant to be with each other in physical form, not FaceTime, you know, not, it's about hugging. It's about holding someone's hand. It's about me and you just sitting here on this couch together. I remember during you know, the pandemic, we had to do this virtually yes. and it was totally a different experience. I mean, I still had a great time, but it's different. And I, I just kind of feel like we need to remind ourselves that FaceTime should mean face to face, not through a screen and that we're here to just be there for each other, witness each other, bring each other up, sit through tears. You know what I mean? Well, a lot of time when I have uh, interns, what I have to tell them is much of your job is to sit with people through the pain. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people were so uncomfortable with pain because society teaches us, take a pill for this, make it go away, distract yourself in this way. And, and I just, it's so much better if you just sit through pain and endear it and, and just witness it because you can move through it. When you push it down, when you distract, it's just going to, pop its head up like a little whack-a-mole. It'll just keep popping up, popping up, popping up. And that's one of the things where I feel if we're more present with each other, we're more present with ourselves because we've got accountability. It's like, yes, I hear the words that you're saying, and this is what I think about the words that you're saying. And that's what we're doing right here. Yes, we are. Yeah. So I have been dealing with so many people who want to focus on themselves, Santina, but they don't know how. Mm. Meaning like they're givers? They're... They, they, wanna, they, want to, they want to do them. They want to get to know themselves and uh, learn how to live their lives. And actually what is what you're talking about, to separate from all of the demands and uh, uncertainty of the world. Mm-hmm. There's, there's many demands. There's... There's so many expectations put on people, Santina, particularly young ladies. Yeah, there are. I mean, there's a lot of different responsibilities. Like we talked about this of how how people view themselves and what role you have, like wife, mother, you know, maybe caregiver of older parents and that you identify with that role. And sometimes it's, it's hard to, you know, think about yourself as a human being outside of a caregiving type of role. So I can appreciate that, but I mean, it, I, I also feel like, I don't want to say the cliche, but I'm going to say it because it's, it's, it applies. You have to take care of yourself. You cannot take care of anyone else or fill any sort of roles 
until you feel fulfilled. And you've got to keep that. My grandfather used to have this beautiful saying, and he would say something to the extent of like, you know, you never know how much oil you have in your lamp, meaning life force energy that you have. We don't know. Everybody's given a certain amount of fuel. And when that fuel runs out, it's out. And I love that. I love that he brought that knowledge to me when I was a little girl, because it kind of always taught me, like, do whatever you want, live it to the fullest. Like, don't put it off for tomorrow. Like, don't think that tomorrow is guaranteed. Don't just be there for people, but then recognize too, when you can't be there for people because you need to be there for yourself. Well, what I often tell people is what's good for you is good for everybody. It's true. Very true. Unless you tend to your own garden, you have no fruits or vegetables or flowers to give mm -hmm. away. You mentioned earlier about the concept of uh, nature bathing, and that's mm -hmm. that's a Japanese concept. And they had so many beautiful concepts until Western culture came in and uh, made them determine that they had to work 12 hours a day. Yeah. There's so many indigenous kind of cultures that value nature and the cycles of the earth and they value it. And I just feel we have to get back to that. And I, you know, we talked about this, I think in other podcasts too, about the earth and the health of the planet and that, you know, if we look at the health of the planet and we look at our own, like as a society health, it pretty much is right on par. Our total society health is not great and neither is our planet. So it's almost like we got to get ourselves and the planet and all of us. We just have to wake up and snap out of it and start taking better care. Well, for my Christian friends, what I suggest to them is when they look at their Bible, that the creator made humans stewards of the earth, mm -hmm. not owners of the earth. That's true. Yeah. And I feel like we've lost that. It's almost like we expect the earth's just going to take care of us forever, <laughs> you know? And, and that's just not, it's simply not happening lately and if you look at just all the natural disasters and even when i think back to the fall it was like every week we were hearing of another major natural disaster we're hearing about records of everything on every kind and if that isn't a wake-up call for the planet saying wake up people and get together and be in a community and do something about this i don't know well thomas merton said there were three main ills of man and that's greed lust and self-love yeah but those are not sustainable things they are not sustainable yeah we, people build on those through their own arrogance mm -hmm. and uh but however all we can do is continue to do the next right thing yeah I, you know i don't know why but i'm just pulling up on all my ancestors tonight and i was thinking about my i had a great aunt she lived to be about 96 she passed a couple years back and she used to tell me the story of, you know, when I was a kid, we were self-sufficient. The only thing we had to buy at the store was some yeast and some sugar. That's about it. And we relied on neighbors. Like they had a farm and they couldn't do all the work themselves. So the neighbors would all get together and they would go to everybody's place. And whoever they were helping out, they would make the dinner for the whole community. And she said to me before she passed, she's like, I don't belong in this world anymore. She said, I don't feel a part of it. I miss the the community and the places where I grew up. And I just listened to her and I'm like, yeah, I wish I would have been around for that because that sounds great. And I just feel like, what happened? What happened? You know, like, why, why are we where we are now? 
you know, I used to live in a townhouse where I didn't know people who lived right next door to me. And it's like, what? <laughs> and again, we refer back to that illusion of separateness. That's yeah. one of the main concepts of 12-step uh, recovery is that it's our singleness of purpose that binds us together. That's true. So I don't, I think people have lost their singleness of purpose. Yeah. And I don't know really quite how to get that back. Do you have a... I'm, uh, I'm not sure what I just try to impress upon people is they continue to do the next right thing. Right. I feel like too, we need to start, I hate to bring up, I'd always bring up Mr. Rogers, but I love him. And it is about like being, feeling part of a community, checking on your neighbors, looking, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I, I think that's the best we can do is try to live by example, reach out to others, kind of, if we're going to get biblical, do to others as we would want them to do for us. You know, it's like, let's live that. Let's be kind to each other. Let's not judge. Let's not look at separateness. Let's not like throw our belief systems on other people too. And let's just be tolerant, you know? All we can do is model behavior and share what works in our life. Agreed. Nobody wants to hear, hear advice. Nobody wants to be told what to, to do. do. We just share what works in our life. If people care to pick up on any of that, that's great. And, uh, you know, there's just, I deal with so many people now who have these minds of uncertainty and they have morbid fears of death. Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever I hear people who are like, I'm a prepper, I've got all these meals set aside and all this water stockpiled and all this stuff. And I think about that fear that must fuel that that kind of mentality. And I, I actually feel sorry because I don't, I feel that the, I feel that the earth does want to support us. I don't feel like we need to protect ourselves from anything like that. And, you know, if it comes down to there's a nuclear situation here, there won't be much to worry about. You no. know what I mean? And it's like, you better just find peace. So that's why I can't live with fear. I can't, I can't, the only thing that I think fear is useful for is to push, to push your boundaries with, to, to say, like when you have a fear, like for example, you know, having a fear of heights or something, which I did have at one point in time. And I explored that and I was like, well, why do I have a fear of heights? What's that about? And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to rock climb. I'm going to learn about how it is to jump out of an airplane and see how that goes. Oh I just decided to test the boundaries of what my fear was about. And what I ended up finding as I did these like daredevil -y type of stunts is that you can actually push past some of this. I call it mental fear because something somewhere made a fear in me of great heights. But I was like, why am I fearing that? Let's just really explore that. Let's lean into that fear. Now, there's reasonable fear. Like, you know, you can be afraid of um, violence and things like that or a riot. That That's like, you know, you want to protect yourself. Absolutely. But like to me, these are kind of like fears that come from, I don't know, in your head. Like the fear of your of the dark when you're a child. Why are you fearing the dark? Maybe because you don't understand what's in the dark or what it is to be in the dark, you know? Well, we talked about, again, pre-podcast, we talked a little bit about collective memory yeah. and collective consciousness. You know, children can be frightened without ever experiencing it before of lightning mm -hmm. or of fire 
mm-hmm. or the dark. That's collective consciousness and that's yeah. collective memory. No one, no child is afraid of a telephone pole yeah. or a stop sign because they're more recent in our in, in development. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But those collective consciousness that a child today, a one-year-old or a two-year-old child will be terrified of lightning. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's the first time they've ever experienced it. Mm-hmm. But they have no conception. They're not afraid of a car. They're not afraid of a telephone pole or a stop sign. Yeah. Or a sidewalk. It's funny. Whenever you were talking about childhood, it sparked my memory of, I used to just, I'd never had a fear of strangers either. And when I was a child, they taught stranger danger, you know, don't go and talk to strangers, but I couldn't help it because I just, I could see people's energy and I could know when I wanted to talk to somebody and I wanted to connect and I couldn't help myself. I just couldn't. And so Part of me is like, is it really stranger danger? You know, is it really like, I don't know. I think that's back to your whole thought about we're disconnected from the earth. We're disconnected from our subtle energies too. And to be able to feel what's, what is good for us and what is not good for us. And I feel when you're connected to the earth, it helps you to connect to yourself. And when you're connected to yourself, you could connect into right, wrong, good, bad, all that stuff. And so I don't know. I just felt like I've always had this innate, this innate feeling of this is okay and acceptable. And I'm going to go talk to this person because I can feel their energy is friendly and kind. And I want to connect. Well, we also, we could also call that a mind of awareness. Yeah. maybe You are aware. So what I help people to do is to develop a mind of awareness rather than a mind of fear. Mm -hmm. To be aware, observe, describe, participate, and we'll be continuing our conversation with our delightful, insightful guest, Santina Grace. And as an extra bonus, we'll give you a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug that television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself. Invite joy into your life by making beautiful choices. Forgive another. Forgive yourself. Do kindness every chance that you possibly get. You'll be repaid. And if we're all not the divine's children, none of us are. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website, We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.